The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. You're listening to the Green Over Everything podcast with Jonesy and my man Brown. Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world famous Green Over Everything podcast. Haven't run this podcast in a while because we got to talk Eagles. Eagles are in the Super Bowl. So my name is Brown. My guest this week, known him, long-time content creator here in Philly. Guy I've known for a long time. First came across him when he was working for 97.5 The Fanatic. Also hosted Birds Outsiders on NBC Sports Philly. I talk to all the time, argue with all the time, and I watch him serve Cowboys fans every now and then on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week, Mr. Jason Ashworth. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good, my man. How are you? I am good. I am real yeah. good. You know, hey, you went to the Wayback Machine. You went to oh, 97.5 all the way oh, to yeah. the Wayback Machine. I wasn't ready for that. Bruh, <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie. Profes- professionally, I followed you for a long time. Always been a fan of your work. You know, you always kept it real. I like people with, I like people with good, sound opinions, even when I disagree with them. Fair. You know, that's, and that, that, that's, that's the best. You know, those the are the best the game, kind. right? Yeah, yeah when, the game. Stay objective. One way or another, I'm, you're going to get my my honest opinion. And, and you, it gets me in trouble. Oh, <laughs> hey, man. Good, good opinions do that. But, it, like, when yeah. you can disagree with someone and still want to listen to them, still want to check out their work, to me, that is the sign of, you know, a good personality, somebody, you know, somebody who's putting out good content. When they can put out things, you'd be like, yo, man, they're, they're, they're completely wrong. I, I, I don't know about that. But you're still going back to them. You're not writing them off. You're not saying, hey, whatever. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank but, you. But look, man, the team that we cover, the team that we follow, the team that we're a fan, that we're a fan of is playing in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. Yeah, how about it's, that? It's February, and we're talking Eagles football. And as, as we get ready for this Super Bowl, I, I wanted to spend just – a couple, just just a small, minuscule amount of time looking back in the past at the last couple of weeks of Eagles football, namely the the playoffs, because something has come across, something has popped into my mind, and I I need I need some help, and I wanted to bring you in because I, I need you to help me with this. Okay, that's dangerous. <laughs> now, well, I, this this is perplexing to me. This is confusing to me. When did San Francisco 49ers fans become such whiny babies? Has this has that always been the case? Did you notice that? Bro, news to me. Because, I mean, uh, of all the teams that we think about uh, yeah. in professional sports, yes. and I get it, right? All fan bases have the, the loud minority, right? They have mm-hmm. the loud few. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in all my years following just professional sports in general, I never knew. And a lot of people, since I've said I never knew, a lot of people come to me and said, oh, you don't know San Francisco football. A lot of folks over mm-hmm. in the NFC West, have, you know, the Seahawks fans of the world have said, oh, this is, this is San Fran. This is them every single year. Now, we've never gotten to experience mm-hmm. it the way we have. But my goodness, can you find a fan base? And it's not just the fan base. It's the organization as a whole. 
my goodness, can you find an organization that is so afraid to take any accountability, that is so afraid to own up to any of their own issues? It's, it's mind-boggling to me. And to, to be honest with you, I'm sick of it. Okay. It's, it's an embarrassment, not only for the fans, but for the organization to double down on that and Brandon Ayuk and, and some of those guys to come out and, and say what they're saying now in the media without taking – there's no self-reflection here, Brown. Like, what are we doing? I, it, it's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me because this is something that you and I, we're used to from Cowboys fix. We we hear this from Cowboys fans all the time. This is Cowboys fans for the last 27-some years. I just, like you said, I, I never knew. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know they rolled like this. And They've I- been crying all week. They've been talking, you know, everything that they can to kind of disparage this win. And it's like, when it, it's... T- if I may quote the great Ray Dinger, it's time for a reality check. Right. It's a turnoff. It, it is. It's an absolute turnoff because San Fran, as an organization, they're, they're a fantastic organization. Yes. Right? Like we, we all know that they've got history and lore. Yes. Uh, San Francisco, one of the greatest football uh, organizations that exists. But, man, it's just such a turnoff. To, I find myself now rooting against San Francisco, and I never did. Especially mm-hmm. like when the Cowboys would match up with San Fran, I would sit there and watch that playoff game and say, "Okay, San Fran, let's go. Fran. Yeah. give it to him. Always wanted Stick San it Fran to him. Yes. Yeah, but now I'm looking at them saying, "I can't root for these dudes. I want no parts of this organization. I don't want no. well for their fan base. I don't want these no. dudes to win. I can't. It's, just, it's a total turnoff. This fan base used to cheer for Joe Montana. Joe Montana used to play for this fan base. Right. Jerry Rice used to play for this fan base." Carol Owens used to want to play for this fan base. And now you out here crying. Here's the thing. And and, and I feel like it it speaks to a a general attitude towards the Eagles this year that I I don't understand. And I'm I'm going to kind of segue into this. But I feel like people are just rushing to sell this team short, to sell this Eagles team short. So it's not like somehow, like, I, I don't, know how you can have a 31 to 7 fluke win mm-hmm. you know and it's like the reality to me when i watch that game when i watch the replays when i watch all the tape breakdown i'm like okay here's the reality that, that san francisco fans don't admit and, and, and you jump in you tell me if you agree or not but i'm like one kyle shanahan that great Offensive genius that everyone wants to 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 celebrate just flat out got out coached. I felt like he got out coached. He fit Hassan Reddick is one of the, the premier edge rushers in the league this year, had a career season, and he failed to game plan against him, and that got his quarterback killed. Didn't it though? Didn't it? And you you say how was 31 to 7 a fluke? Well, mm-hmm. if you look at both postseason games, I think they've outscored both opponents like 68 to 14. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? How do you double down and not once, but do it twice? And you're still going to call it a fluke. And we're going to focus on the San Fran game because everybody's complaining. And there's a, you know, oh, well, this didn't go their way. And if this didn't happen, look, there's a couple when I said earlier about accountability. You just mentioned Kyle Shanahan, right? Well, whose decision was it to leave my tight end two? blocking the, one of the premier edge rushers in the NFL one-on-one. Whose decision was that? Mm-hmm. That was my coach's decision, okay? Now, what happens when you make bad decisions? You pay for it. Hassan Reddick got after the quarterback. Let's dismiss this idea that somehow Brock Purdy just got turf toe, just tripped up on a non-contact injury. Mm-hmm. No, they knocked not only Brock Purdy out, but then Josh Johnson came in for a few plays, and they knocked his butt out too. So 
The Eagles were the more physical team. And then you want to make excuses and say, you know, for example, the Devontae Smith catch. Well, that touchdown never would have happened. Well, there's this little flag that Shanahan keeps in his pocket that he could have thrown. He could have made the decision to challenge. He chose not to. You see Devontae Smith running back to the huddle doing this, and San Francisco fans want to say, well, he couldn't challenge because he didn't have enough time. Why didn't he have enough time? Because the Eagles were the more prepared team and caught Mm -hmm. San Francisco off guard. So you have bad decision-making by your head coach, lack of decision-making by your head coach. You have a team that was unprepared. You have a team that was undisciplined. Look at how many penalties San Francisco Mm -hmm. had that actually aided the Eagles throughout the game. So when you start adding all these up and stacking all these up, you can say it was a fluke. You can say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, they out-physicled them. They out-hustled them. They were more disciplined. They were the better team. That's not a fluke. They Mm -hmm. beat you down. And and for my money – it wasn't just the Giants. It was the Niners. And we'll see it very well could be the Chiefs, right? But it's not a fluke when you do it week in, week out. To me, it's just a bunch of salty 49er fans that have problems looking in the mirrors. Just salty. And and like salty. and like and like you said, just unprepared. And yeah. and you saw it at the end of the game when they wanted to start scrapping. Right. When they're looking up at the scoreboard, it's 31 to 7. And you see that the Eagles have not let up. You know they no. they weren't going to let them back into the game. They were going to play. They were going to play sixty minutes of football, and then Trent Williams, a guy who you know, who is one of the better tackles in the league, but he's he's always he's been, roughing it up. Yeah, he's, he's always, always roughing it up, and you can yeah. and you can get to him. You know, you can you can get past a Trent Williams every every now and then. He'll give up a sack. And then he wants to he wants to play Mister Get Bad at the end of the game and throw throw somebody down who's what two hundred pounds lighter than right. you know lighter than him. But still, right. it is. Hey, what can it I is. can I say this though? Can I say this real quick? Uh-huh. Because I've been waiting for Kayvon Wallace to put his stamp on this team, and it's unfortunate, but he will forever be remembered for that play alone because my man got thrown out the club. Yeah, he did. thrown out yeah, the club. Yeah, and I get yeah, it. It's my it's our guys. Like we don't want to see anyone getting thrown look, around. Look, but you know you had a chuckle. You know you had a chuckle when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one of those things. I'm I am glad we won that game. Yeah. That's not one of those that's not one of those memories you, you want to keep in that shouldn't be no, part of no. the last memories going into an off season. No. And, and if he it came better, in a loss, if it came in a loss, it would have been it would have been received a hell of a lot worse. But the fact it, that it came in that, a win and a blowout, we can oh all yeah. laugh about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that could have been his ticket. Out, that could have been his ticket out of this city, but oh, oh this no guy doubt. can't come back. No you, doubt. You can't, you can't bring this guy coat. back to this team. <laughs> he can't right. come back. He's he's gotta go. You know, I, I, know, I, I understand, know. but you know, he's he's gotta go. He can't make it back in the building, Kayvon. I'm sorry, no, sir. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was no. funny. But you know, like I feel like that was last week. You know, and, and that's that's the advantages of having two weeks in between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. I argued with 49ers fans last week, gave a little smoke to the Giants and the Cowboys fans who still wanted to chirp a little bit. But now it's time to kind of pivot towards Kansas City. And now, and and we're back, you know, and the the reality is that, you know, this team is back in the Super Bowl. Now, we talked about this defense and we talked about, you know, the game plan. 14 points in two playoff games. Two tu- two total touchdowns in two playoff games. Now, you're my man. I told Call you. Me I, out. I, Call I, me I, out. I followed you for a long time. You, 
you have been a critic of the defensive coordinator. Has his game plan and has the way he has called his defenses and the way his defenses have played so far in this postseason, how much leeway has he earned with you going into the Super Bowl? I still taste leather with my shoe in my mouth. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Because I have been so, so tough on this guy. And my point all season, I'm glad you called me out because once Mm -hmm. you mentioned this defense, I was going to throw myself under the bus because Mm -hmm. it's warranted. I deserve it. I was critical of the guy all year long. And I told you I didn't like his defense. I didn't like his scheme. I didn't like his his tendencies. And I thought Mm -hmm. that in the postseason, it was going to rear its ugly head. We were going to start to find out. Okay, now, granted, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones, and I'm not even that big of a fan of Brock Purdy. Irrelevant, okay, because in the postseason, you you play who you play. The matchup is the matchup. We'll find out what that means against Patrick Mahomes, but the bottom line is you are correct. We gave up, the Eagles gave up 14 points in the postseason and find themselves in the Super Bowl again, and a lot of that has to do with the with Jonathan Gannon. Big test ahead of him, and, he, and, and here's where he's going to solidify one way or another whether he is that dude and whether he does have those chops, but just for the record, and you know, I'll put it out there on full display. I was dead wrong, right? What I thought was what I thought we were seeing, what I thought we were going to see has not been the case in the postseason. And my man's been putting on a clinic. Shout out to my man, Mike Jones, uh, who's done, who I've been podcasting with for a couple of years now. He, we, we were both also critics of Jonathan Gannon, but what he said last season was he felt like, especially in especially last season going into this season he felt like Gannon didn't have the players to necessarily get it to, to to necessarily run the defense that he wanted and that he need he wanted to make some changes he wanted you know scheme changes kind of like a hybrid you know from a four from a traditional 4-3 to more like a hybrid 3-4 with you know with Hassan Reddick being, mm-hmm. basically being a linebacker with his hand in the dirt But, you know, now you're seeing the improvements. You're seeing, you know, uh, a a turnaround. Like, do you think that's because of one evolution of his scheme and basically just getting some better players in? Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's easy to say that, you know, a defensive coordinator will be better if you get talent around him to me like that that's a no-brainer you go out and you bring in Hassan Reddick okay well that's going to help you go out and because I mean, he's playing at a you know an all-pro level you go out and you bring in Bradbury well, well that helps because he's playing at an all-pro level and you go out and you trade for Gardner Johnson well okay that helps because he's playing at a pro bowl level like it helps if you're going to surround your team in defense with pro bowlers I think that's um a pretty fair assessment to make of any defensive coordinator if you influx their team with a bunch of Uh, high-level players. Uh, The thing that I just wanted to see from him, because he doesn't blitz a lot. There's nothing Mm -hmm. uh, really exotic uh, about a lot of his looks. Um, I I think the biggest gripe that I had was, not not gripe, but one of the gripes, nobody likes when he plays off. Um, Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, you're 10 yards off the ball, you're giving up easy completions. And what we felt was traditional pressure downs, he would rush Mm -hmm. just just four. And, And look, they led the league in sacks this year by a large margin, and a lot of those pressures, a lot of those sacks come from from a four-man front. He's not mm-hmm. bringing a lot of exotic blitzes. So to some degree, it helps when you have the line that they have. you got Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham, who's having a fantastic year. You've got two interior linemen that um, that are not only run stoppers, but you have guys, Javon Hargrave, who can get after the quarterback. You've got double-digit sacks throughout that line. 
football is won and lost in the trenches. You and I both mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. So there's a lot that Jonathan Gannon can do when you're getting 70 sacks uh, from your front. It takes a lot of pressure off the back end. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to – I know I'm not necessarily answering the question because, yes, players matter, but I don't want to act like Jonathan Gannon hasn't shown some strides, mm-hmm. that hasn't made some adjustments, even within game, right? What happens mm-hmm. in the first quarter, second quarter, you see him come out in the second half, and it's a little bit different of a story. They kind of lock those things down. And, again, at the end of the day, they're in the Super Bowl, so there's not much that we can be upset with. Yeah, they are. They're in the Super Bowl, and then they're going to be – this defense is going to be standing across from Patrick Mahomes. And just like you said, that's that's not Daniel Jones, and that's not Brock Purdy. So, what do you feel like this this Eagles defense needs to do to try to slow Patrick Mahomes down? Because you're not going to necessarily stop him. He's that man's a beast, and he's for real. Correct. That that's the difference. When you go up and down these rosters, and you look at position groups, and yeah. you could say. Okay, well, obviously there's Patrick Mahomes, and he's got the edge of the quarterback. And there's Travis Kelsey, and maybe he's got the edge at the tight end. But when you go throughout the position groups, you can say a lot of these matchups from a group perspective favor the Eagles. Better Mm -hmm. defensive line, better overall offensive line, better secondary, better backers, better running back group. Mm -hmm. So you look at that and you just say, okay, well, the Eagles, they have the matchups. But one of the biggest matchups that we don't know how it's going to play out, to your point, is Patrick Mahomes. How do the Eagles stop Patrick Mahomes? He's the difference maker. Well, you don't pressure him. I'll tell you that right now. And that that falls into Jonathan Gannon's MO, right? Because Patrick Mahomes is deadly against the pressure. You're not necessarily going to get an interior pass rush because they've got their two studs in Creed and and Thune at the interior. That'll kind of limit what Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and company can do. Uh, Still, Javon Hargrave has had an incredible year. Mm -hmm. But I really think it's going to come from the outside. We just got done talking about Hassan Reddick, and he's playing at an all-pro level, and Brandon Graham, how well he's been playing. Okay, they're going to have to show up, and they're going to have to get pressure with the front four. They're going to have to disrupt a little bit of timing. I still think Kansas City's going to offset that pressure with a lot of short, intermediate routes, some screen games. Try. They're number one in the league in passes 10 yards and prior. Right, the short pass, get the yak, get up the field. That Travis Kelsey's averaging like I don't know six and a half yards of of air of air travel this this season, which is a career low for him. But his numbers are still there. Right, this team thrives on that short route, intermediate yeah. route, and I think that's a vulnerability for Philly's defense. So Jonathan Gannon is going to have to figure out a way to not only get that pressure from the front four, but then lock down those short and intermediate routes because I think that's where the mismatch is. At this point, do you think? that bad ankle that uh Mahomes uh working with in earlier in the playoffs do you think that's still a factor or do you think at this point with two weeks to uh, you know a week to rest and now a week of uh a light week of practice do you think that's going to be a factor at all at this point I don't uh if I would have seen him come out uh, against Cincy and struggle not look mobile. I mean, the dude threw for, what, 370 yards? Yeah, and he was yeah. still getting flushed out of the pocket, still making Patrick Mahomes types throw, type throws. Still did enough to beat the Bengals. And the Bengals are a pretty darn good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that he may not be 100%? Sure. But who is in the Super Bowl? If he's enough, I mean, if, if he can get back there and, and do what Patrick Mahomes does and, and throw for 300-plus or just have the threat to be able to stretch that ball down the field, mm-hmm. um, no, I don't. I don't think the Eagles should take him lightly. I don't think the Eagles should be thinking he's going to be operating at 60, 70, 80 percent. You go in there assuming that guy's operating at 100 percent. I hear you. All right. Well, let's talk about the Eagles quarterback. Let's, let's talk about let's talk about our MVP because we pretty much know where the league where the league's going to go with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
we 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 throw out the term MVP. But my question to you is when it comes to Jalen Hurts, does he have to be Super Bowl MVP in order to, for the Eagles to win this game? No. No, he doesn't. Um, he may have to be the Eagles MVP. Uh, and when I say that, it's because he's the quarterback, right? He's the engine. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that his numbers are going to reflect what they're going to hand out. The Eagles win, win the game. It could be handed to a defensive player. It could be handed to a running back. It could be handed to a wide receiver because we don't know where those numbers are going to kind of get split up and delved up. But he needs to be the decision maker. He needs to be the engine. He is His play is the most critical when they get into that RPO offense. Mm-hmm. What does he do? Right? Does he does he hand the ball off? Does he check down? Does he get into a run? Does he hold it himself? All that decision making, he's going to have to be the most important, the most valuable eagle on the field. Doesn't mean that he has to be playing at an MVP level for the Eagles, but so much of this game is going to be his decision making, um, the flow of the game that that he dictates at the line. Mm-hmm. It's a big it's a big test for him, a massive test for him. One that I think that he can pass because I don't think Kansas City's defense scares me. I think the looks are going to be there for him. It's, the options are going to be there for him to make the right read and move the football. I think the Eagles are going to have every opportunity to run the football between the tackles. And if they can, if they can run the ball between the tackles, I think it opens up a lot for him outside. And when you open it up outside and they bring down to try to stop the run, I think it brings on some, some press coverage looks, some one-on-one looks with Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown have shown they can beat repeatedly. Um, so I think it all starts with them running the football. But that all starts with with Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, and the decisions he makes. So who besides who besides Jalen Hurts needs to shine for this offense to to succeed? Well, the line. First of all, I'll just say the line because if I'm going to tell you that they need to run between the tackles and the line needs the line needs to we all give this this line credit for being the best or one of the best lines in the NFL. Yep. Right? They got don't get me wrong. They got Chris Jones on the other side. They got a couple good players on the other side, but they don't stack up. And Chris mm-hmm. Jones, as good as he is, he doesn't scare me. Uh, we'll see where they – and I mean that honestly, right, because yeah. Chris Jones is really, really good, really, really good. And if you mm-hmm. and if, if people want to get a sense of how good he is, I get it. It's unfair to say this, but he's having from the interior side – and I get they move him all around, but the interior side, think Javon Hargrave because their numbers are very similar. In fact, Javon Hargrave in less, in less snaps has better numbers in the interior than Chris, than, than Chris Jones does. But they move him all around, so let's say they move him outside. Okay, well, that means you're going against Jordan Mylotta or Lane Johnson. I'm confident in that. And let's say they move him inside and they want to pair him over the nose against Jason Kelsey. Okay, you ain't the first guy to tell me that you're bigger than Jason Kelsey and you're going to push him around. But the, but the Hall of Famer, the soon-to-be mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, has yes, proven sir. every guy before him wrong. So don't tell me I should be scared if you line him up at the nose. Mm-hmm. Point being, that offensive line is strong and they do their job. They dictate the pace of the game. They dictate the flow of the game. They move the ball, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, yes. chew up some clock. To me, that line is the most is the most important uh, group outside of the quarterback mm-hmm. that'll have the uh, the weight of the game on their shoulders. Well, let's circle back to the quarterback. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you an honest question. At what point now we're in year two? With Hurts as a starter, year three of his career. Mm-hmm. What point did you really start to, to think, you know what, this might be our guy? He's Draft the night. guy. Draft mm-hmm. night. Draft, Draft night. night. Okay. Draft night. I got receipts. And people know it. I have, And it's not, you know, I'll back off that a little bit because mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to tell you, oh, my God, this guy's going to take Carson Wentz's job. He's going to bring us to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I, I was high on the pick. I was high on the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was high on – the type of person they were bringing into the locker room. 
I hmm. think you saw bits and pieces of it last year, and I get it. It was tough to see because he struggled. He was learning. Yeah. Um, I can't think – obviously the Tampa game. I'll tell you what I loved about the Tampa game, and I know they're running clips of it now. I'm sure you've seen it. After a loss, and he came flat out. We talked about the San Fran fans yep. not having any accountability, the team coming out blaming everything. Full, and he had full accountability. Right? Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But last year you saw after every loss – you know, against the Cowboys, I think last year, he said, you treat it like a douche, you flush it down the toilet, right? But then after that Tampa game, he said, first thing out of his mouth, look, we lost, not good enough. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. We lost the game, but we're this close. And and to me, that was the first sign that, okay, hold on. He, and then he went right back to the lab. The, mm-hmm. the, the very next day was, was day one of his offseason. Let's get back to the grind. Let's get back to the work. Uh, and we followed him in the offseason. I think that's when I started to look at him and say, all right, this dude's a dog. Mm-hmm. Like this dude, this dude has dog in him, right? And that's something we haven't been able to say for the past few years with Carson Wentz and struggled, or we got yeah. frustrated with him, right? Yeah. No, you're you're but, right. I, but that's where I said this dude's a dog. If if I may now take a page out of out of your book, and and, and I will I have say a book. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> it's a good book, but uh, I didn't know I had a book. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> I, I too can admit when I was wrong, and and I also admit, you know, on this podcast all the time, I'm 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 wrong pretty often, you know, and, and I've been I've been consistently wrong about this quarterback position, and it it dates back, you know, it's it's not just the Jalen Hurts pick, because I, I I will admit I was down on it. It 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 takes me a while to warm up to a quarterback. It, it really does. I thought second round pick needed to be used to build, to get somebody to build around Carson Wentz. So when they picked Jalen Hurts, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? But then again, I was also someone who said, no, we don't need to trade up to get Carson Wentz. We have Sam Bradford. Why don't we get Ezekiel Elliott and get this man a, a, uh, a running back to take some pressure off? And then we get we do trade up, we pass up on Ezekiel, we bring in Carson Wentz, and I'm like, no, you don't need to start him right away. We need to ease him into this. I, I've I've been wrong, and, and I'm I have no problem admitting I'm wrong. You know it. So it took me a minute, but I what my thing about Jalen Hurst was I, I liked that he always said the right thing. He looked the part of an NFL quarterback. And I was I was afraid because I felt like that would make that would annoy me more with him if he didn't have the goods. If this man could come in and sit down in front of these reporters and sit down in these interviews and say all the right things and then stink it up every Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, this is gonna piss me off. I'm gonna hate this guy. I know it. But he's to his credit, he got better. You know, just like you said, after that Tampa game, you said, hey, man, we lost. We're this close. Okay, let's see what you're doing. They come out, you know, they win eight games straight. Okay, I see what you've been doing. Okay, QB1. You know, uh, so at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around to him. Well, I should say I'm coming around. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. You're on board. You're on board. And I'm look, on let, board. Let's, be, I... let's be fair about it, right? We're all wrong. That's the beauty yeah. of sports. 
right? That's the beauty of receipts too. We can pull them up, you know, in the social media age, you can pull up receipts and L's all day long. I'm wrong all the time. That's the beauty yeah. of it though. All right. You, you hold me a check. I hold you in check and we have a conversation about it. As long as we can admit when we're wrong. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we have enough time on this podcast to go over all the, all the times I've been wrong. Right. Because that's what happens when you put your opinion out there. But Jalen Hurts is a, he's a student of the game. Right. And that's what I love about him and everywhere he's gone and everything he's done, he's gotten better from his time at Alabama, from, from when he transferred to Oklahoma, from when he came into the league to where he is now, he's a student of the game. And, and I love that about him. I think the Eagles, the, the Eagles this year, we were talking about the defense and, and how you can get better when you infuse, like is Jonathan Gannon better because they infuse talent in the defense? Well, sure he is. Mm-hmm. The Eagles looked at Jalen Hurts and they said, all right, I'm going to bet on you, kid. No excuses after this year. And they went out and they got him A.J. Brown. Because if he didn't take that step, if he didn't take that leap and they didn't take that chance on him and bring in A.J. Brown, we're going through another evaluation year saying – is he the guy? I don't know. But if you bring in A.J. Brown and they don't click and he doesn't take leaps and bounds forward, I'm not saying they had to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think any of us really thought that that was in the cards for this year realistically yet, mm-hmm. um, or at least the way it's happened. But, I mean, once A.J. Brown came on, I mean, they propelled this team. Jalen Hurts is 16-1 and one as a starter, right? They're in the Super Bowl in their first year, their first marriage of, of – Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. So you surround this guy with talent, got to have talent. You have to mm-hmm. have talent no matter what. But Jalen Hurts has shown that he knows what to do with the talent. And that, mm-hmm. to me, that's just, that's key. So took you a while, but you came, you came around when it came to Jonathan Gannon. You knew yeah. Jalen Hurts was a guy from the start. So Wait, from, from little draft context. Context. Little mm-hmm. co- I, I liked him. I, I, I wanted him on my team. Okay. I think he was going to get – he was the guy that was going to get us to the Super Bowl in 2022, now 23. Mm-hmm. I'm probably lying if I said that. But I knew, I knew I liked the dude. I knew I liked the dude. I believe So Jason Ashworth so, – so what we're saying is Jason Ashworth, Ashworth knew all along. He saw it way back in, in Alabama. He said, you know what, that's the guy that's going to bring uh, Eagles. Yeah, high school. Yes. High school. I high school? In, in high school, yeah. I was like, that's the guy. Go get mm-hmm. him. High school when Jalen Hurst still had dreads, he was like, yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah. this is this is the guy. That yeah. guy's gonna lead us to the promised land. Yeah. Uh, all right, but, but but really, you, you say came around to Jonathan Gannon. You knew kind of early on that Jalen Hurst could be that guy. What about Nick Sirianni? Um, Nick Sirianni, I was probably a little slower on. I was, you know, part of the when I watched that introductory press conference. I probably thought what everybody else thought. I was like. Ooh. Like, all right, probably, you know, he's uncomfortable. Um, And you can give him a pass for that. You know, Mm -hmm. on a big stage, it's his first time having a press conference as a head coach. What do you say? And then it wasn't even that. It was entire first year. Talk about seeds and flowers growing and watering. That's what it was for me. That's what it was for me. It was like the the introductory press conference was one thing. That was one thing. And like you say, I was was ready to give him, okay, maybe he's nervous. He is, you know, this is a, a, a young guy. First real major press conference. I was oh, oh, okay. It was that whole seeds and flowers and everything. right after a loss, I'm just like, get this dude out of here. Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, look, but the bottom line is they bought in. Yes. Right. So I can sit here and I can tell you sitting from my comfy couch at home, like that yeah. stuff doesn't work. What are we talking about? 53 men bought in. Yeah. 
Just like we talk about Jalen Hurst and how he's a natural-born leader and people gravitate towards him. Well, Nick Sirianni came in, and we could say he's awkward, or we could say that, all right, well, maybe that's not my style, but 53 dudes in that locker room bought into it. And whatever he's doing, the combination of Sirianni and Jalen Hurts and the leadership that's in that room, it's working. So Sirianni deserves credit. And people want to talk about he's just, Sirianni's just riding the talent. Right. You said earlier, there's, there's excuses all over this team. Easiest schedule in the book. Well, Jalen Hurts hasn't had to face any, but this defense got away with Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. Nick Sirianni's just every excuse in the book as to why the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. But here we are with Jalen Hurts and this goofy head coach that have gotten this team to the Super Bowl. I, I honestly feel like, and I think probably one of the more tired narratives in sports are those teams that always play the underdog role. Yeah. And yeah. I and I, I've said this because I'm like at 14 and three, there's not a lot of there, there's not a lot of underdog talk that you can you can say, oh, this team no one counted this team. No one thought this team would they were 14 and three. <laughs> right. The two losses were with their backup quarterback. You know, the mm-hmm. The one loss on your starters record, if you watch that game, a couple of, you know, a, a couple of really bad plays, not, you know, you t- wipe that off the board. He could have been 17 and 0 as a starter. Yeah. It took, a, know, it took a Dallas Goddard fumble, him getting hurt. You had Quez Watkins with five minutes to go, caught it, got and, up, fumbled and it. it. Got, like, there's exactly. so many things had to go wrong for them to lose that game. Exactly. Yeah. And, but it's, it's like, the the lengths people are going, everything that you say, you know, uh, didn't play anybody or what, you know, it's, it's like they've made this team is about as much of an underdog as you can possibly make a fourteen and three team. Like this should be, this should be, this Super Bowl should be like the the, the battle of two juggernauts, two teams that have at the top, the two best teams in the NFL. And we're sitting here trying to make it look like one team does not belong. Well, I'll tell you what, Brown, that's not going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're being objective and you and I were telling you, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Look, the reality is you got the number one seed in the NFC and the number one seed in the AFC. You got both teams that are sitting there, what, 16 and 16 and three for the season, right? Both yep. teams have scored 546 points on the year. Mm-hmm. Both teams have six all pros. Like, you have two really evenly matched teams. Now, when you get down to the, the nitty-gritty of it, you want to go through position groups as we did, okay, there's going to be advantages one way or another. For mm-hmm. every advantage that KC has on offense and they're number one in this rank, they're number, they're number one in this efficiency, well, guess what? On the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles will match them, and they'll be number one in pass, pass defense. So they'll be, right? So every metric uh, that you want to look at is mm-hmm. – comparable these are two juggernauts one from the one from the nfc one from the afc and i don't know how anybody could tell you that that it's not the right matchup because you've got the best team from both conferences squaring off in one game and we'll see who comes out on top isn't that what you want in the super bowl no excuses yes right mm-hmm. let's go best made the best team win jason how are you gonna watch the super bowl this year what you gonna by do myself with, by yourself <laughs> no, no. nobody so, nobody around Look, there's a when I watch football games, and my buddies know this, my family knows this, my girlfriend knows this. When I watch football games, it's usually by myself. I'm not the guy that goes to the bar. I, I don't want to deal with all that nonsense. I don't even like going to the games. I went to the Eagles Giants game 
Um, and I'm, I'm glad it was a blowout because I don't even like going to those games. I feel like you miss so much of it. I lock myself in my basement for the Super Bowl. I'll have my parents over. I'll have my best friend and his family over because that's what I did in 2017. Uh-huh. And they know me. They know how I get. Right. Yep. So when it's during the regular season, I'll be nice and calm. Everything's cool and collected until I get to the fourth quarter and then the pacing starts, right? And then the weird Jason starts to come out. In the Super Bowl, I mean, that happens three hours before kickoff. I start getting the pacing and I'm nervous. And there's only so many people that can handle that guy, that side of me. So I got to limit who I let in the doors. All right. What about you? As long as you're not on, on TikTok or, or somewhere or on social media tearing a, a TV off the wall. or No, 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 no. No, I, I am. I'm an objective uh-huh. Um, I get frustrated, but I'm an objective oh, fan, mm-hmm. right? It's just it gets to me, man. And that's why we love. That's why we do this. That's why oh, we yeah. have the podcast. That's why we you know mm-hmm. throw our opinions out there. We love it. It's sport, right? Who doesn't oh, yeah. love that? Oh, what, yeah. what about you? What are you doing? Uh, got some couple family friends going to come through. Uh, for, uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to follow the same game plan I did for the Super Bowl uh, five Absolutely. years ago. I'm watching it with people from my church. We ain't going to drink. We're going to go. We're going to have church folks at my house. So, that you know, we're we going to pray our way to a victory. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not. Now, look, we I don't do that every Sunday. Uh-huh. You know, other Sundays, there have been spirits and uh, certain, you know, certain beverages, but we ain't going to do that sure. for the Super Bowl. You know, I got to go a different direction. I got to clean everything up. We're going to have All church right. folks over here, a couple reverends and, and, and ministers and deacons over here. And, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to follow that game plan. Cause that's what I did uh, five years ago. And look what, it, and, and look Don't what happened. It. And, no, Don't exactly. change the thing. Did you go I to the, just talking, uh, go ahead. Right? I was saying, I was just talking to a neighbor of mine. Uh, so I do this thing for the playoffs where I got this uh, big Eagles inflatable. They had a big lineman, right? He's a big okay. inflatable lineman. Yeah, yeah. And I only put him out for the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. And it served us well in 2017. And I actually have a picture. My girlfriend and I have a picture in front of it. And I was talking to my neighbor um, was last week. And he goes, so are we going to take a picture in front of the inflatable again? Because I had this picture of my girlfriend and I in mm-hmm. front of that inflatable. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, we said in 2017 – if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, that whenever they get back, I have to come over, meaning he has to come over and take a picture of you and your girlfriend in front of the inflatable again, right? Sure. So going along with that tradition. So we were talking last week, is like, hey, what time am I showing up on Sunday so I can take a picture in front, <laughs> you know, you and your girl in front of the inflatable? And I totally uh-huh. forgot about it. Luckily, he reminded me. There you so go. I got to get with him. We got we got to schedule that, man. You got to follow the same. You got to be exactly. consistent exactly. with it, right? Exactly. Yeah, no did doubt. you go to the uh, Did you go to the parade five years ago? Were you working? You know what? I didn't go to the parade, and that's my own fault. Um, I let somebody make that decision for me. I wasn't working. Um, mm. I watched it from my couch, and I regret it uh, to this day. Mm. I got somebody that canceled on me at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, everybody started, like, one by one canceling. Mm. And I was like, what the heck's going on? Um, and so at 4 o'clock, the last of them canceled, and I decided, all right, I guess we're not going. Mm. Um, and I sat and I watched it from my couch. Look, if they win the chip, I don't care who's going. I'm going. <laughs> Right. Now I, yeah. now I will say this now, and and I've and I've tried my I'm I'm trying my hardest not to do a whole bunch of planning past Sunday, but I did say I probably I'll probably watch the parade on television this time around. But I was like you, in the fact that when when the when the parade came five years ago, a bunch of people canceled. You know, once they said, especially when they said that. that 
the route that we're going. They were going up Broad mm -hmm. Street and then down the parkway. Mm -hmm. And people started canceling. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna miss this. I've waited 40 something years for this. Right. right. So I went I went by myself. Uh, I ended up I went by yeah. myself. But the thing what you know, I mean, you know how Eagles fans are. By the end of the by the end of the parade, I had me about a thousand friends, you know. <laughs> I, I was friends. I, I got I, I got there early. I got there early because I had a whole I had I had a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D as far as parking, and they all fell through. And I said, you know, I wanted to leave early enough that if I if it all failed and I couldn't find a place to park, I could still come home and watch the whole parade on television. Yep. So I, I think I was probably on like plan L, and. I found a place, you know, and I was able to park. I parked in North Philly, you know. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. But I parked in yeah. North Philly, but I still. Everybody walked. was happy that day. It's yep. good. Everybody was happy yeah. and in good spirits that day. You were fine. Good spirit, yes. I was fine. <laughs> was able to walk to the parade, and my car was still there when I got back, which was a, a, an extra plus because it was one of those win. things where if my car got robbed, I probably wouldn't have gotten that mad. I would have been like, "Hey, my car's not here. Go birds." You that know, the price you pay. It's the price price I pay. Let me call let me call this Uber and get home. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. Got no car, but it's okay. I but uh I, I you know, I had had a ball. And it, in fact, I ended up seeing another friend who came down to someone I knew, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't plan or anything with them. I just ended up running into him, like, hey, you here too. And now we at the parade. And I had a ball, time of my life, probably won't do it again this year. But I've tell you know, if if it happens, it happens though. Yeah, I was gonna say, don't hold yourself to that. You're you're allowed to change your mind. Oh, oh exactly. And right. I'll be right there on live taking pictures. Like I knew I was gonna be here. Right. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. But hey, yeah, look, you only man, get so many chances to do it, right? Got I mean, that we, right. You, you talked about it. I mean, we waited forty plus years. Mm -hmm. You know, it, we're no. I'm not a spring chicken. You only get so many. Look, I'm I'm surprised that here after 2017, 2018, that we're back in the Super Bowl already. Especially given everything that's gone on. Props to you, Howie Roseman. Yep. But in spite of it all, here we are again with another chance. So, Very, and, and Howie, we trust. There, you know, that, that's that's another guy I got. I, I I've I've been wrong about. I've 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 been on that Howie roll that Howie roller coaster Man. a lot of times. Nonsense. That dude, that dude is he's a godsend. He's a gift to Philadelphia. Look, you know what? He is. Right now he, he is. is. And I was res I reserve the right two years from now to be like, you know what, God, we gotta get trying to get rid of this guy. Uh, dude, think about this. Think about this. For the guy that um I've always been a Howie supporter. Um, mm. and, and a lot of that, obviously it's not because they were winning Super Bowls, right? I was a Howie supporter at loss after loss after loss and, and frustrating mm. season after frustrating season. But they brought football back to Philadelphia. And obviously a lot of that started with Andy Reid and Joe Banner in the early 2000s. But throughout it all, they've given us competitive football year in and year out. And for as old as we are, like we remember the 80s and 90s, there wasn't a lot of winning football going on. And that's where we do. Right? That, that's where we – that's where, where our fanhood started. Those were the teams that we grew up on. Um, so for me, Howie Roseman, just the, the magic that he pulls – year in and year out if this dude if the eagles win this game on sunday you can make the case you can make the argument that howie roseman is a hall of fame gm 
and I'm, that's not an exaggeration. That's not me saying something outlandish. The job that he's done over and over again with this team, his track record, his record of success, and he's got two Super Bowls to back it up. He's won one with Doug Peterson and, and Nick Foles, and then a couple years later, a new head coach, a new quarterback does it again. I mean, how are you going to refute that? That's, that's all right. And just solidifying the fact that Chip Kelly can never come back to this town ever again. Ain't that the truth? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Hey, you want to talk about guys we were wrong on? I want, I like Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. I thought that red light, green light, his little stop and go offense was going to, mm-hmm. I mean, it took, it took guys by storm in the first, the first half of the season year one, Yeah. but boy, was I wrong on him. What a dud. <laughs> not, he, he is not NFL caliber. I'll tell you no, that. College, no, sure. No. NFL, no. no. In fact, it, it, and, and I'm, I'm, I only bring up Chip Kelly because my man Mike Jones is not here. He has banned he has banned the words Chip Kelly from any show that he is a part of. He does not want that man's name mentioned. He doesn't want to talk about him. He doesn't want to talk about those years. Those years didn't happen. As far as he's concerned, we went from Andy to Doug. And I wouldn't I wouldn't there's only one thing that Chip Kelly ever said that that I that I still hold true. The rest we can go ahead and and throw and and Mm -hmm. burn in the fire. But when he said big people beat up little people. I was like, see, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. <laughs> he didn't get it. He didn't, he didn't get, get it. it. <laughs> Broken clocks, brother. Yep. Broken yep. clocks. Truth, All right, man. Jason, man, this has been fun, brother. I appreciate this, man. My pleasure. This is this is all, all the reason why we, we need that Jason Ashworth weekly podcast, man. Right? Let's go. Man. I got to get in the lab somehow. I got to start. I gotta start like, tapping into this again, man. This is yeah. fun. I miss doing this stuff, man. The streets need you, man. I put it out well, there. I don't the know about that. Need you. I think well, I need the streets. You need the streets. <laughs> yeah, I think I you need that. You and the streets. More. Look, you and the streets need each other. That's what it is. You need probably. each other. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, look, man. That, right? How can people get in contact with you? They hear you. They see you. Uh, how can people reach out to you? Man, I always stay low, but you know I'm on on social media and Twitter and all Ashworth. So if you ever want to get in that debate, you ever want to uh, have a little fun, mix it up. I mean, you can find me at all Ashworth on social media. But other than that, I just stay on Twitter specifically. But other than that, I stay low, right, until mm-hmm. my man Brown reaches out and said, let, let's chop hey, it let's, up a little let's, bit. Let's chop it up. I appreciate you, yeah. man. Thank yeah, you. But, I'm, hey, I'm always down. I'm always down. You know that. You send the note. You send a message. You want to. You want to mm-hmm. mix it up for a little bit. I'm always game, and I appreciate always, the invite. Always, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. My pleasure. Likewise. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jason Ashworth. That's my brother. Love that dude, man. Appreciate that guy. Hey, let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at BITW Sports or at Jonesy and Brown. Hey, look, man, we've been talking Super Bowl all week long. So, got a lot of content talking to a lot of people so make sure you join us thank you for coming out thank you for tuning in to this edition of the green over everything podcast we'll see you next time y'all peace you feeling this podcast to hear this and more go to soundcloud.com slash bitw sports or on itunes or apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports you're listening to the green over everything podcast with Jonesy and my man Brown.